0: Miss Ashley, come on up. Do you want me to bring this down here? I didn't even ask you. I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm going to need two hands for this. They're just like. Oh, man. Do you need, Do you need any water or anything? We are good. Okay. We, are good. Okay. we are good. Thanks, girl. How's it going guys? I feel like it's like the season where you just have to like take a deep breath every now and then or every hour, you know, depending on things. Um, my name is Ashley. If I have not had the pleasure of meeting you, I feel like I know most of you or have been introduced to you. Um, I was just going to show you most of you have like seen my family or know them. I was just going to show you a little picture of my Sweet family, those are my kids, my husband. Um, we went to an event uh, a while back, and this is us at a. I homeschool the kids, so it's like at a homeschool barn dance thing. We were sorry, am I moving around too much? Shall we? We. Um, We were so excited to go to this event, and I was pumped about it, and I'm like, Barn Dance and Western and all the things. This is going to be so much fun, so up our alley. We didn't really know anybody. We got invited by, like, this one other family. So I was like, we're doing it. And my husband was a little hesitant. He's very, like, I like my people. His best friends are... His best friends from when he was five, and so i 'm the social butterfly, and i 'm always like let 's do this and let 's go here and dragging him along and so we show up to this event, and it was nice and it was well put together, but it was not our people and The same night, my husband was so hesitant because n three c was having a worship night, and we hadn 't been in a while and we love worship night, and we were like, man, we could really use that, but this is like a once, you know, like a once-a-year thing. We're going to go. Well, we ended up convincing the kids that ice cream from McDonald's was a great idea and leaving early, <laughs> so we left early and came home, and my husband told me I better check myself on the social calendar events that I schedule, but what I realized that night was just how important your people are and how no matter how Cool of an event you have planned or how neat or how cool it looks on social media or how cool the flyer is, nothing beats home and where your people are. And we could have come here in our sweatpants in the place that we're at once or twice a week, every week, and it would have been a better night than in a place that wasn't home to us. And so I put that picture up there because it just... It represents a night where I learned my lesson about spending time with the people we love on our social calendar. Um, I want to show you guys, before we get started, one more picture, because I feel like it's really easy. Um, This is my house, and it's kind of hard to see. I didn't do a great job with the lighting, um, but it was a disaster. I was hosting a baby shower on Sunday, and my house, every counter looked like this, okay? There was laundry covering my dining room table. There were toys everywhere. It was like a nightmare. But the truth of it is, is that's the status of my house 90% of the time when people are not coming over. And then I spend the 30 minutes before anybody comes over like scrambling and cleaning all the things because I like having a presentable house and it's important to me and my husband. And so I show you this because I think we as women compare so many times and it's so easy. And I've actually in the past couple months tried to give myself just a little bit more permission to let there be dishes in the sink when people come over and to not be so stressed out yelling at my kids like, Pick up that toy that are playing with. Go brush your teeth and do not put bright blue sparkly toothpaste in the sink. Like, wash that down. Nobody needs to see that. But the truth of it is that when I go to somebody's home and it's perfect, and I'm like, dang, how does she do this? Like, it doesn't feel real and it doesn't feel like home when I walk in. It feels nice and like a retreat almost, like going to get a massage because I'm like, how did she do this? It's magical. But it, it doesn't feel like home. And so I'm a little bit more on my guard when I go in those friends' houses because it's not, it's not the realness. So this, this is the realness, not what you see if you come for a baby shower or for a thing at my house. And so I just, when I was writing all my thoughts down for tonight, I just ugh, i get emotional. But I am like, I am in this like, what I wrote to you guys is all stuff that we are very much living out, questioning ourselves on, refining, and so I have to laugh, because there's a couple times where I put something in here that my husband came up with, and that's not, if you know him, that's not his normal thing to be like, "Oh yeah, say this, and so it'll be kind of fun. You'll get a glimpse of him, too. Um so last month, it was really funny because Candace hopped up here, and we had talked earlier in the day, and she's like, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. And then she pulled it together and did a beautiful job, but she said a couple things that I was like, oh, my gosh, like, well, that's great. These two lines could be the whole talk, and we could be done and go home. And so she teed it up really nicely for me because the first thing she says is we adapt to the environment that we spend the most time in. And it's funny because as women... A lot of us, the environment that we spend the most time in is our house, and we create that environment. So if it's an environment of chaos and things being everywhere or stress, we created that. And so I think that's just thinking about your home tonight and thinking about where you spend the majority of your time, it is, it's something that you create. And so really be mindful of that and be kind of in the back of your head thinking about your house, thinking about the status of your heart lately, thinking about have I prepared good meals? Have I been a great hostess? Have I loved all my kids well? All these, all these little things that make up home because you're creating whatever environment you're spending the most time in, and that environment then pours out to... Who you become, right? Um, the other thing that Candace said that I just loved was that women are the gatekeepers of their family. I don't even know if you remember saying that, but it was like, it was gold. I was like sitting there, I was like, that is so good. And so I like took that and I was like, that's exactly what I'm supposed to talk about because a gatekeeper is so important. When I was younger, In my 20s, I had done elementary education for college, and I graduated in December. And there's not a whole lot of teaching jobs available mid-year. And so I was, like, applying for anything and everything and calling all these companies and these schools. And I couldn't just call and talk to the principal. I would call and talk to the secretary or any of these other big businesses I would call. I could never get to the people I wanted to talk to. And I was like, if I can just talk to whoever's in charge, I know they will hire me because I am awesome. (laughs) Cocky little 20 year old. (laughs) But I was like, I got to get past these gatekeeper. And my dad taught me that's what they are. They're the gatekeeper so that the CEO, the person in charge of HR can Be doing the actual important things, not talking to 22-year-olds who think they're awesome. And so the gatekeeper is who allows everybody else who's established and working there to do their job. And so when I hear the word gatekeeper, I think of somebody who's not awesome, like a TSA agent. And that's what comes to my mind. And so I you are walking into the airport. You guys know, you laugh because you know, you're walking in, you're all excited, like we're going on vacation. Got my hat that's too big that I never actually wear, but it won't fit in my suitcase. And so you're going up and you're in this long security line and you're like, oh my God, I'm about to throw away my coffee and my water bottle. I have to chug it right now and then I'm going to have to pee and miss my flight, but it's going to be fine. So you're in line and you get up there and you're all jazzed to be going on a trip and they're like, take it. And they're just miserable. They're not happy to be there. They're grouchy. They're rule followers to a T to the point of where they throw out your like $18 little toiletries that you had to go buy for the trip. Right. And so they're just, they're just not that fun to be around. Right. And so that's our, our first gatekeeper. So the other gatekeeper we have is I want you to imagine like a movie that takes place in new york city and you have the big high-rise buildings and you always have the cute little doorman out front right? And they're standing there and you feel like they should just start dancing and singing, right? Because they're happy to be there. And so they welcome everybody when they come in. They learn when you start dating somebody new when you're younger. They figure out when you're pregnant. They see you when you come home from work and you've lost a job. They're with you when you came home too late and made bad choices and they see you then. (laughs) They know all the good and the bad. They know all the things and they always have a smile on their face, right? And they know when there's somebody that you don't want in your fancy New York apartment and they're like, I'm sorry, you can't go in. And they're gentle and they're sweet and they love their job, but they are still a gatekeeper. And so I ask you guys, what kind of gatekeeper are you? Are you miserable in your home right now? because if you're the gatekeeper of your home and you're miserable in the environment that you're creating, then that's that's not good because then you're not going to do an effective job letting the right people in, which is just as important as keeping the wrong people out. And so you really need to think about that. Are we, and I know we're kind of all in different seasons of life, but are we so strict with our rules with our children that we're making them miserable and us miserable and not even letting them be kids are we such sticklers on our job that we're not enjoying the job i'm going to talk a little bit more about relationships at the end but you really have an opportunity from god when it comes to timing <laughs> i let preach um, you really have an opportunity with god on moments of time. Because as our pastors talk about all the time, you have that chronos time and the Kairos time. And chronos, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm saying that right? Okay. Um, chronos time is like days, minutes, hours. It's You can see it on a calendar, on a watch. Okay. You can walk through it. Kairos time is, it's almost like a sixth sense when the Holy Spirit just slows you down and it's like you see something. You see someone that you wouldn't normally see when you're going about your day. And if you can truly be a gatekeeper for your home, then you can see when there's people that need to be invited in. And you can slow down and you can see those moments when you need to step into people's lives, right? So being a gatekeeper, you have an opportunity to look out for your family. And even if you're the only person in your household right now, if you've lost a spouse, if you're not married, no kids yet, you have been given a household to take care of. And that's one of the ways you can be a gatekeeper is by being a good steward of your household and a shepherd of your household. So stewardship is the job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or property. So when we think of stewardship, we think of... Anybody? Anybody? money, money. We think of money. We think of being good stewards with our money. But the truth of it is we need to be good stewards with everything. We need to be good stewards of our time. We need to be good stewards of our marriages. We need to be good stewards of the gifts we've been given. One of the things that I love to do personally is cook it's like my thing. I love cooking. I feel like I'm halfway decent at it. And so if I take that little gift and I make my family's life so busy that I never get to cook, or take meals to people when they need it, or deliver cookies or whatever that be, right? Then I'm taking away a gift that God gave me and not stewarding that gift well. So you guys have a responsibility as women to look at your life and say, what all have I been given to steward? Because it's not just your finances. And so much of your life, we don't think through how the choices we're making. Time is a big one. And so stewarding your time well is a really good way that you can take care of your family. One of the other things is shepherding. It's to guide or direct in a particular direction. So I have a verse for you guys. Um, when I was thinking about this idea of a shepherd and guiding you, we always think of a shepherd guiding sheep, right? Well, that's kind of what we're doing for those of you who have kids with our little people. We're guiding them right? We're guiding them through this life. We're disciplining them. We're showing them what's right and wrong. So in James 3, 3, and she'll put that up there. It says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. So I read that to you guys because I started doing some research. I love the bit about horses, no pun intended. And, and I started doing research on horses and the bits that you put in their mouth when you're training them. Some of y'all probably know a lot more about that than me, so don't judge me if I mess that stuff up. But horses have like two sets of teeth. So they have front teeth, and then they have back teeth. And they have this natural gap in their mouth where the bit goes. And so I think it's funny that God created this amazing animal that he knew would be used for certain purposes and certain work down the line. And he created a space for a tool to go that would make that animal so much more effective for his favorite thing, which is us. And it was such a gift to us that God prepared that horse at day, whatever, that he started making animals and making people and doing all his things. He knew that horse would need that space in its mouth for a bit. And so I'm studying about this and it was news to me. So I tell my husband and I'm like, did you know, like, this is so cool. And so we start talking and he's like, you know, what else is really cool is he said, they make different styles of bits to go in the horse's mouth, and so I was like, well, that's interesting, and so then I started thinking about us, and we all have these houses, right, and it's easy to look around and compare and be like, what discipline thing is she doing with her kids, and she's homeschooling, and I'm going to do the private school, and I'm like trying to get married, and I don't know, their wedding was really cool like this, and, 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 and they have this hobby, and that looks really fun, so I need to do that, But the truth of it is that you have been given a body and a house to steward and shepherd that is not the same as mine, that's not the same as McKenna's, that's not the same as Kirstie's. We all have been given different jobs and different households to steward and to look after. And so we can all have a different style bit in which we run our household with. So, I'm really big into household organization and being on top of your game because I can tell when I'm not on top of my game, then I'm more on top of my kids. I'm less fun for my husband. The house continues to be a gigantic mess and it's just all this big cyclone that is not good. And so I love to get laundry done on two days a week because I hate folding laundry. And so that's my thing. I do laundry on Mondays and Thursdays and that's my thing. But if you like doing laundry on Saturday, folding it all day, don't mess with what works with your routine. Find your thing that makes your household tick and go and work like clockwork and stick to that relentlessly. Because the truth of it is, these horses, when you've put the right bit in their mouth, they become a lot more effective. When you're working with these young horses, colts. Uh, okay great i'm doing good (laughs) two for two so (laughs) when you're working with these young colts and they're just wild and they're all over the place and they don't want to be tamed and they've never been used for a purpose they take a lot of training right and they have to get used to the equipment and at first they're pissed when you put that in their mouth and they they're not here for it okay because it's uncomfortable for them the bit that you're putting is uncomfortable for them because they're not used to it and so when we try to take a look at our life and we try to put new routines in and add in a quiet time for 30 minutes every morning, even if we have to get up early. Or we try to adapt and twist our routines, we start working out, whatever it be, it's hard and it's really uncomfortable. And so we buck a little bit and we get pissed and we we want it out and we don't wanna do it. But once that horse gets used to the way it's trained and it can properly wear its equipment, it is so much more useful to its owner The owner is more at peace. The horse is more at peace. It has more value, not only to that owner, but to the world around it. It will go for a higher price if it's sold. So when we create these homes that have good systems, that run smoothly, that are our style, and we own it and we're confident in it, we are going to be more effective to the people in our lives. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my husband about the gatekeeper thing. And I was talking about the TSA agent. and I was like, okay, what's like the opposite of that? We need something like really strong and cool. And I have words that whatever, but like, we just need something awesome and like tough and like just better. And we, we both like went in our separate ways. I was like, I don't know, just think on it for me. And we came back like 20 minutes later and we're talking and he's like, I I just, I don't know. I don't think that's right. And I was like, I know. I don't think that's right either. And it was awesome because he was like, I just, when I think of that, when I think of somebody like standing up for their household and protecting their household, that was the word we kept coming to was protect. He's like, it's, it's not really a woman's job. He's like, that's a man's job. And so as I'm running through all these movies and I'm running through all these scenarios, it's a man's job to step up and protect their household. And so then I got a lesson in old Westerns because I've really only seen McClintock and Lonesome Dove, the really long one on snow days. And so Dances with Wolves, I've seen three. And so anyway, so I got an education in these old Westerns and he said, what the men would do Is they would go out and fight they're fighting the indians or fighting the bad guys, whatever They would go out and fight in order to lead The evil the bad away from their household They would draw it out and take it away so that what was home would be safe And then he said in the old westerns (laughs) That there would be the women and children at home and sometimes the older men who weren't able to fight and they were the last line of defense and so I was like, man, I love that, you know? Like, I, I love that image of, like, these men going and them leading evil away and them taking care of the women and children, all of them, right? The community. We've kind of gotten away from that now. These fam- All these families now live on islands, kind of, like, scattered about. It's not this big family plantation that lives on or family ranch that goes for hundreds and hundreds of years, and the grandparents are teaching the grandkids because they're there day in and day out. We've gotten away from that. And so I love this idea that the whole community digs in and that if some of the bad guys or the Indians sneak through, that the women are there and they are equipped to protect what's left at home. But it's not the first line of defense. So then I started thinking about our role as women And number one, one of our roles is to make sure our men can be in their position that they need to be, whether that be our husband, our brother, our boyfriend, our father, our sons, we need to equip our men to be our first line of defense. Whether that means taking a little step back and like kind of pushing them into that and helping them be that or being submissive when the time calls for it or figuring out our husbands or the men in our lives, their gifts so that we can better encourage them in that. But then we are to come in. So really women are on defense. So what we should be doing is praying so hard behind the scenes that danger doesn't come. The bad doesn't come to our family. We are the gatekeeper. We hold the badness away and then men step in and they are our offensive team. I love sports. Sports is more me. And I do sports. So they are the offensive team who is going and they are going and they are going to fight and they are going to do what they can do. But women need to be solid in their defensive game in keeping the evil out when the time comes. But part of defense is playing really strong so the offense doesn't have as much kept cap- catch-up to do. Does that make sense if you're watching a football game? If defense is doing their job, offense doesn't have to work as hard. So if women are sitting at home praying and covering their households and their kids and their families, then the men don't have as much that they have to protect their families from. Does that make sense? So I want to make sure, I have so much, I'm going to try to hustle. So (laughs) I want to make sure that I kind of hit everyone because that was really on my heart tonight that no matter your situation, whether you're single or younger or older or kids or no kids that I really hit you like where you're at. And so one of the things when I thought about all of this, we, for those of you who don't know, we sold our house a year ago and we have been renting it back by the grace of God and we really wanna own land. So that is like our prayer that we are standing on right now and hoping for and working towards. And Colorado prices are crazy, so it's going to take a miracle. But, but that's what we are currently doing right now. And so I remember somebody telling me one time, you know, I was probably feeling all bad for myself. And I'm like, all I want is chickens and to have puppies. Come on. And so I wrote this list. I'm like, okay, just need to clear my head. I wrote this list of all the things that I love about my home. And so I start writing and making this list and I'm like, well, I love um, my kids' birthday parties I had here. I love throwing a good party and that, I just love that. And I love making memories. I love cooking with my kids most of the time. And so I just, I start writing all these things and I loved watching, I'll probably start crying, but I loved watching, bring my babies home there. And I loved like just all these little memories. And I realized None of this has to do with the four walls of my house and what color I painted those walls, you know, and what street it was on, none of it. And so what we as women have to do is we have to think about what we want home to be and we have to take on our responsibility as this sounds dramatic and it is, but the mother of humanity because we really are. People look to women to be a mom, whether you have kids or not, and no matter your age. We were driving down 392 in Windsor one day, and there was a wreck, and so I pulled over, and it was just, my cousin was in town, so Haley and I pull over, and she goes and starts helping the woman behind us, and we realized this gal's like about to pop. Okay, she's prego, she's got her younger daughter there, and so she's helping her, and I was like, I'm going to get out of the way, so I zip into the gas station, and I see this girl hysterically crying, young girl, high school kid, and so I'm kind of like watching her, and I've got Bricky with me, I'm like, oh my gosh, and she is like going crazy, like screaming, she's like, I didn't do it, and so I was like, oh my gosh, that is the worst phone call you would have to make as a 16-year-old to your mom and dad, and so I'm like, come here. And so I called her over, and I just hugged her, and I talked to her mom. And in that moment, I got to just, like, be a little bit of mom to her and got to be a little bit of mom to her mother, who was so scared on the other end of the line and just needed that comforting voice. And so we have to take all the aspects of home, empathy, compassion, honesty kindness all these things that we want home to feel like warmness openness and we have to take it with us everywhere we go and we have to bottle that up and be able to just run with it and we have to be able to pour that out and to do that we have to have our lives in order so we're not grouchy in the grocery store when somebody needs our help and we have to be able to do that so that If somebody ends up sick and they need their kid run to soccer practice or you need to take a meal to somebody, we have availability in our day to do that because we have our lives together. And having our lives together doesn't mean perfect countertops. It means we have our lives in such a way that we know our life is going to function well while we're pouring out to everybody else, no matter what our home looks like. So I had a couple, um, I really wanted to touch on kids tonight um, and I'll tell you why. So, um, a couple months ago, I had posted something. Sometimes I get real fired up and somebody should take my phone away from me because I post things that I shouldn't post. But I had posted something about all the abortion stuff going on because that is just, oh, that gets me. I love babies. I think they are the best gift. I am so thankful for all babies. And I just, I'm thankful for that. And so I had posted something about that, and a day or two later, I get a message in my inbox from this girl. I don't even know how I know her, Um, honestly. It's probably been 10 years since I had even heard her name. And I get this message, and it was basically, the long and short of it was, Ashley, I can't even see how you can say that you want that right to be taken away from women, because I mean, you have kids, and so you know what a burden they can be, and you know how much work they can be, and what a financial stress they can be. A long message, you guys. And I kind of talked back and forth very nicely with her, but I thought, what, what a sad thing that we have gotten to in this world that young women in their 20s think that being a mom is a burden and sucks how sad is that? And I'm sorry, but we have to do a better job as a collective group of women of encouraging people to partake in one of God's greatest blessings. Because when we sit there, and I'm guilty of this. And so this is at the beginning when I tell you like, this is for me too. This is really something that God has been like showing me in these young women. When you post your messy bun and you're like, oh my, so tired. Or when you're just like, I'm worn out, like raising kids is hard work. It is, but it is a huge blessing. And it is literally the greatest thing you will experience in your life. And anybody who's a mom will tell you that. And I just think it's so sad that we have gotten to a place where we make t-shirts about how much motherhood sucks. And I just, it makes me sad. And what makes me sad We went, and one of our goals this year, kind of revamping our holidays, and one of our goals was to take the kids to serve somewhere so they could see people who maybe don't have as much as us and aren't as blessed as us. So we took them to serve 6.8 to do Christmas presents. I had no idea. I thought we were going to sort through Christmas presents and, like, here's a six-year-old. He likes Mario and Legos and whatever, and we're packing up presents. But what we were doing was we were signing up the families for their Christmas list. So all of these families came in, and we were helping them find a chair to sit in, and they were filling out their form for what their sweet babies needed and what they wanted to be able to provide their kids. And then we got to go back and take the kids and do a little bit of fun, like picking out gifts and sorting through all the toys, and it was the kids had fun. But I'm standing there, and there's women volunteering, and they're both like moms, who probably have kids a, a little older than mine, you know, like eight, ten, 10 and that whatever. And I don't even remember what she said, but she made a comment about, oh, yeah, like they were talking about our kids and, you know, oh, they're doing really good for being little. And we're thanks, you know, it's great. And They said something like, oh, yeah, no, just needing a break. And like, yeah, I couldn't imagine bringing my kids or something. And it just broke my heart because I'm like, you're a mom, and this is how you're speaking about motherhood to this other woman who doesn't have kids yet. You know, and I just, I'm trying to get better. In that moment, I bit my tongue and I said nothing. Because it's so easy when we're trying to relate relate to people and trying to fit in to say, oh, I know, oh my gosh, it's so much work. They're so crazy. But the truth of it is maybe we could change things if we just said, oh, but it's so good for your kids and wouldn't that be a fun experience for you guys as a family? Because the truth of it is we have been given these little blessings to steward and to shepherd. We have not been given them to set to the side and not do anything with. And so we as women and women of the church, cause these are Christian women that we're having this conversation. So we as women of the church really need to stand up for our babies and for our younger generation of men and women and talk about the blessing that motherhood is and parenthood. And we need to talk about how you can grow in relationship and marriage. You can grow in relationship with your own parents, When you have kids, because you see a whole different side of them that leads to a whole different level of respect. And so we really need to do a better job of loving our kids well. Um, In Psalm 127, three through five, it says, "'Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed.'" but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. So my kids love to watch Robin Hood. Have you guys seen Robin Hood recently? It's kind of an oldie but a goodie. Well, Robin Hood, they have nicknames in our house for all the characters. They call Prince John PJ and it's it's all a thing. But in Robin Hood, Robin loves shooting arrows. And that's kind of his thing that he's really good at. And he always shoots arrows with a purpose. So he doesn't just aimlessly go around shooting arrows. He's always doing it to deter the evil Prince John or to win Maid Marion or to win a competition or whatever. He's always got a purpose with where he's shooting his arrows. And so when I think about an arrow, I think about how an arrow is not just, you don't just shoot an arrow to shoot an arrow. It is always going toward a target. It has a purpose. And when we think about our children as arrows, it should not just be Oh, we're shooting them in a direction, but an intentional direction and something we train ourselves in because it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert in something. And so we have been given the task of taking care of children. Even if you don't have them right now, you get to pour into other kids' lives. I remember when I was younger, I always tried to be intentional with my nieces and nephews to make sure that my sister and her husband split up and I just wanted to make sure that any gaps that were missing were filled. So even when you don't have children, find children to steward and do a good job with. And think about the shooting of a bow and arrow. Think about what they need. Think about the target that you want them to hit. Because the other thing, if you're going to shoot a bow and arrow, and you're looking at the target and you're going to shoot it, however you do that. Um, I imagine somebody being right next to it and trying to run and go faster than that arrow. And you probably can't run faster than the arrow to the target because your momentum in getting started is not fast enough to keep up with the momentum of an arrow. And so by the time you're at the target, the arrow has completely beaten you. And so when we have these kids and we have these arrows in our hand as God tells us, our job is to really look at those kids and where we want them to go and what we want them to do and what we want our future generations to look like and be aiming at a specific something and then letting our kids run with it because they are gonna go a lot farther, a lot faster, a lot younger than us if we do a good job training them up because we are the ones running, trying to do all the things that we wanna do and our kids are like the arrows that are gone. And they are already accomplishing the purpose before you can even make it over there to the target. And so I'm going to tell you all something. And this came from my husband, not from me. So if you don't like it, I'm sorry. came from him. But we were talking about arrows. And he said, you know, it's hard, but you really have to take care of your responsibilities before you take care of your desires. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of a gut punch. Like for me, too. I I've really had to come to terms with, I love working out and it keeps me mentally sane. And so I just, I love it. It's like my thing. But if I don't get my booty out of bed and get it first done first thing in the morning, sometimes I can fit it in and sometimes I can't. And there were seasons of my life where I would get my workout in at the expense of kids crying at my leg or at the expense of taking my kids to the park. And that's not good because that fulfills my own desire. And yes, it makes me a better mom, right? Because I'm more patient. I have my head on straight but it's still at their expense. So what I really need to do if I wanna fulfill my desires is I need to make sacrifices in my life, whether that be getting up earlier or doing a little bit longer workout a couple days a week. I'm the one who needs to tweak. I shouldn't be asking my three and five year old to tweak their desire and need to have their mom showing them attention to go get my workout in, because that's my desire, it's not theirs. They don't understand that mommy's in a better mood if she gets her endorphins going and has their little energy drink. They don't get that. And so it's hard, but we really have to put the responsibilities that we take on, right? And you have to have boundaries in your family. And so I'm mainly talking about your kids here, right? Occasionally you have elderly parents or different responsibilities that you take on on the other kind of side of the pendulum. But you have to put your responsibilities and the things that you sign up for before your own desires. So, we recently encountered this, and it was a really good lesson for me. We a um, couple weeks ago, my niece was in town, and. We asked her, we were like, okay, she's from Texas. And we're like, what do you want to do while you're here? You're in Colorado. She hadn't been in a couple years. And she's like, I really want to go skiing, and I really want to go to Estes Park. She loves Estes Park and all the cute shops. So I'm like, all right, we can do that. And so I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, oh, my God, we have not gone skiing in years because that is crazy expensive. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, it's fine. We're just going to we're gonna make it work, and we're going to do it. So I'm like, well, what do we do with the kids? Do we go drop them off at my folks' house? Do we? And we're talking about it. And I was like, you know what They're three and five. Like, let's take them. Let's just go for it. And so we decide to do it, and we decide to get the kids. I'm like, if we're going to do this, let's just do it right you know and like enjoy it and whatever so we get the kids lessons so we get up to the mountain we woke up at 5 a.m drove up there and the kids lessons were not until one o'clock because we were kind of waiting long story short to go to wyoming not enough snow so we were last minute getting signed up to stay here and go to loveland so we get up there we'd been up at five the kids were so excited so there was no sleeping in the car okay (laughs) So I don't know if you know about three-year-olds and being up at five o'clock, but it's not always pretty. And so we get up there. It takes two hours to get settled and get all our gear. It was, an, it was a thing. So by 1030, we're like, all right, let's do this. We're so excited. So we start, like, we're in skis, and my niece is going to snowboard. And so we're, like, going up the little hill, and they've got the magic carpets. And we're like, this is going to be great. Well, Brookie is melting and melting like snow like, falling and crying and all the things. like, oh, sweet baby. And I'm just thinking about dollar signs of how expensive this fun day was. And I had to stop, and I was like, okay, Ashley, she's three. She is three. She's exhausted. Like, this is really gonna stink for that ski instructor at one o'clock if this girl doesn't get some sleep. So it was a good time for me to put away my desire to get on my skis and go have a family fun day and give my child what she needed. And it was, it was kind of, that day was a cool turning point for us because I did, I took Brookie down and I was like, screw it. It is beautiful out today. It's so nice. Instead of going and sitting in the car, I'm just going to sit here. So I sat there and was watching everybody ski and I sang to her and she passed out for like 45 minutes. Everybody's coming by, seeing her. So They come back and then later the kids go on to their lesson and she was happy. And it was a moment for me where I realized if I will just stop, I like to go, go, go. If you guys can't tell, I'm always like going, like my brain just doesn't stop. My husband makes fun of me, but if I will just stop and supply the needs of the people that I have been given responsibility for, I will have so much more fun too because the rest of the day was so fun. And I got to sit there and cuddle my beautiful baby girl, who was such a blessing. That was so sweet for me, because I don't do that very often anymore. And so to just sit there and just be thankful for the sunshine and have time to reflect, sorry, on getting to be their mom and getting to have the ability to go experience a day like this was so good. And so God taught me so much in that moment about slowing down because when he gives your little people needs that you have to supply, they're also for you. He is encountering you with those Kairos moments and saying, I need you to come to me. I need you to realize what I have for you. I have this great day planned. So just slow down. And it was the best rest of the day. That little girl woke up and she goes, mommy. I'm feeling so brave now. Let's go do it. I was like, all right, baby girl, let's do it. So we have the most fun. They it's Loveland ski, ski resort, whatever on the URA beginner hill. And so <laughs> we're watching the kids and there's one ski lift, but it was perfect because we got to watch them as they're going through. And I realized sitting there watching my kids ski and like, take off. And like, I was like, Oh my gosh, they're doing awesome. Like what a beautiful gift for those kids. And if they can learn to ski at this age and start feeling confident and start having success, then what will they be like at my age? And if I can give them the life skills and the knowledge of Christ and the Holy spirit that I have at this age and put this in these little bodies, where are they going to be when they're in their thirties? And so it was just, Oh yeah. It was good, guys. Um, so the other thing that I want to talk about when it comes to our households and our kids. Sorry, now I'm like, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I need a Kleenex, all the tears. Um, the other thing I want to talk about when it comes to our household is discipline. Because it is such a hard thing, but also so good. So I came from Texas where it was like... You discipline and you spank and you do all the things and you have all the expectations and the whatever. And then over, I don't know if it's time has changed or whatever, but people have gotten more loosey-goosey. I don't know that this house of church people are necessarily that way. But one thing I have seen is that when I am not disciplined in the running of my household, in the enforcing of my rules, my household is not disciplined. I used to be a teacher, and when I went into teaching, they were teaching us all to let kids experience things and learn on their own, you know, and let them come to the answer. And so that's how I taught because I was 22 and thought I was awesome. And so that's what, that's what teaching was when I got into it. It was very much like let kids figure it out. And it wasn't until I was wrapping up my teaching career and starting to have like our own kids that I realized how wrong that is. If I had to go fix something in my car engine and somebody said, yeah, here's an, here's an engine, here's some tools, like come, come ask me if you have questions I would not be going anywhere for a very long time because that is not my thing, but we cannot have expectations for our kids without instilling the discipline and the rules that they need to meet those expectations. So when you are teaching, when you are raising, even in a job, you have to guide people through what your expectations are for them. So that they can fulfill them I had this epiphany one day. I was listening to some great podcasts I like podcasts and it was saying something about all these cool things you can do with your kids and you know Like good expectations and rules and I stopped and i'm thinking and i'm like I don't even know if my kids know what the rules are in this house And so i'm writing out the rules i'm like my kids can't read yet. So this is cool (laughs) but But I did I wrote them out for me the rules are not for my kids. The rules are because they think it's cool to have a list of rules on the fridge. They will not forever, but right now they think it's cool. And so they occasionally will be like, what's the first rule? What is, what's this one say? And so I read them to them. But it's a good reminder for me of one of our rules in our family is we never give up. And we always try new things. And so we have, like, rules like don't hit your little sister, too. <laughs> Those are easier to enforce. Um But they keep me accountable when I'm having a moment and I'm like, I'm so frustrated with this situation. I can come back to the rules are, hey, these are the expectations for you in this house. And so this is what we do. And it's so funny because we have rules at the very core. We have sorry, the Ten Commandments that tell us what to do and what not to do. And so if you're like, "Mm, should I do this? You have rules that God has given you that are there for your protection, for your benefit, so that the maximum amount of favor can be like seen in your life from God so that you can be the most effective you can be in this life. Well, our children and our household should have rules. Even if you don't have kids yet, just you and your hubby, always fight fair. That's a really good rule in your marriage always fight fair don't bring up old things have don't go to bed mad you don't have to have kids to have rules even if it's yourself i know me i had rules for myself as i got older and it was easier at that time to meet my desires because it was just me but when i was younger i would work out a certain number of days a week because i know that i was healthier and i was just in a better headspace. and so You create these rules and expectations for your household so that you and everybody else in it can be at their maximum output, for lack of a better word. But you have better relationships with each other. You're more available for other people. What's really cool is other people then know what's expected when they come into your house. And they know that there's just a different feel to it because we have high expectations in our house. And we have just a different way of living One of the things that we've really been going through is when the kids are fighting in the other room and there's something going on. And this doesn't have to be your kids. This can be there's something going on that, you know, is not right. Do you stand there and let them hash it out or do you go dig into it? And we in our house have been talking a lot about this bystander society. That's been created. Have you guys seen that up in New York city? It's like somebody can fall on the ground and how many people does it take to walk by before somebody actually stops? And I would ask you guys to live a little differently that when it's people close to you, you step in and you teach and you do the appropriate guiding and shepherding necessary to teach them. Hey, when you're fighting with your sister, this is how you're making her feel. And this is what's going to come of that. Later on down the road and this is the result that it's going to have for you and that's not real good either And so teaching that cause and effect But then if it's not in your family if you're out and about and you just see something that's off Or you see a woman having a real bad day Do something I don't know what it is say a prayer for her go buy a coffee for her Just do something Because god will give you the actions that are needed if you're willing to step into them but when we just go about our day and we're so focused on our time and our schedule and what we need to be doing or our head is a mess because it's not in the right place, we can't be as available to others. And then this is where this bystander effect gets bigger and badder and we all become more separate as a society. So the way that you handle your household and your kids and your loved ones, bottle that up and take it out to everybody else. When I... Um, When I think about families, one of the really important things I think about is traditions. Traditions have a way of really stabilizing your kids. They have a way of stabilizing you when there's a death in the family or when there's a separation and you have to move on. It's a time when you get to keep some traditions the same. And it's a time when you have to assess and create new traditions when you get married or when you have a baby, you have to reevaluate how you're doing the holidays and how you're doing all these things. And know that with each one of those little things you do, you are building a legacy for your family, whether it be something small, like on Saturdays, we do chocolate milk and cartoons, or it could be something big, right? It could be a trip you take every year. I will tell you, if you have older kids, when I was a senior in high school, my A lot of my friends were starting to get into partying, and I just was like, I don't want to screw things up for college, and so I just didn't get into it, and my parents love Pillsbury slice and bake cookies, and so four nights a week, we would have Pillsbury slice and bake cookies and binge watch 24, do you guys remember that show? Yeah. This is my inner fat kid coming out. So there's that. <laughs> so I love Pillsbury slice and baked cookies. So that's what we would do. But that little tradition, my senior year of high school created an atmosphere where I was a part of my family. We had a strong family unit and I always knew what a home was. So when there were issues later or when I would need something, I always knew what home was because I was so rooted in it from being very present there and from my parents making that effort in my kind of older teen years. Something that I have really thought a lot about as I've gotten older and we've kind of walked through different seasons of like being single and then being married and then having kids is when you have grown kids and you have kids out of the house, whatever that letting go looks like, whether they're married or they're just 18 and they're gone or whatever that looks like, you still have a responsibility as a mom and to be in that motherhood. And the way that I think about it is this, because I like football. If you think about a football game and you think about these awesome retired players, they, a lot of them retire and they love the game, so come back and watch a game every now and then, right? But don't be that. Don't retire from your motherhood just because your kids aren't home. Step into a coach's role because then you're right there on the sidelines and you're ready when your kids need a new play. When they're walking through something new, maybe when your adult children have friends that are getting divorced and they're like, I don't know, we've never been here. Like, what do we do? You're there to help like plan and you're there to help make plays. When somebody's hurt on a football field, It's not the medics who run out first, if you pay attention. It's the coaches who run out first. And those coaches know every injury that player has ever had. And they know everything about that player. They know if they were having an off day in warm-up. They know... Whatever, they know that practice was off that week. They are the first line of defense to come out and check on that player. And then they can call in the medics or they can get the player off the field or whatever they need to do. So when you have adult children and you take on a coach's role, you are always there. You might not spend as much time in the game, so to speak, but you're always there and available. And your players or your kids do need you. And there's so much purpose in your season of life. And you have so much wisdom that we don't have. So don't, don't let that gift go. Share it with others. And if you don't have adult children and you're in that season of life, find adult children or young children to pour that into. And if you don't have kids yet, you are in training camp. And I cannot stress the importance of that enough because if you're an athlete who wants to perform at a high level, you work your butt off and you work your butt off more in training camp than you do when you're playing the actual game because you have something to prove, you have to establish your work habits and you really have to get after it. And so you are in this pre-gaming season and I will tell you, things will change a little bit. Like that kid will sleep in your bed sometimes because you are just desperate. So, So God... God will laugh at your plans, but make them and pregame this, right? With your spouse, with whoever you're with, think through all these things because you're going to be a lot stronger parent, spouse, all these things if you spend time reading these books and discussing how do we want to handle holidays because it's a lot easier to talk about how you're going to handle holidays with in-laws before you're in the moment than when you're in the moment, just saying, And so really think about the season of life you're in and what part of the game God is calling you to to play. And the last thing that we have to be the gatekeeper for is relationships. That's probably the most important one of all and the most important relationship of all is with our heavenly father. In Psalm 23 6, it says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I did not have a specific reason for finding that verse, but it said house and I was talking about home and I just liked it. And so I was reading it and I'm like, why do I like this so much? And it's because it makes you feel good. Isn't that what you want your life to be like? Don't you want goodness and mercy, goodness and love? I think one version says mercy following you all the days of your life. I do. And dwelling in the house of the Lord, when we are spiritually and emotionally dwelling in the Lord's house, we are so much better people, and we're so much better mamas and friends and wives, all of the things, you guys. So I encourage you today to really think about dwelling and where you dwell and how you get to that dwelling place whether it be prayer, whether that be quiet time in the morning. But dwell in that mental house of the Lord because where you dwell and where your thoughts are are going to become your words. And your words are going to become actions and actions become habits and all the things. But we also are responsible for those little people or our grandkids or friends. So so really be intentional with everything that you do and the type of home environment that you're trying to create. Um, I had one thing I wanted to show you guys. I forgot to bring it up. Um, This is something that I just started doing that I thought was kind of fun. It's a jar and it's just a prayer jar that you can literally keep on your counter and you can take things and add or whatever. But it's just a reminder of all the things you should be praying for because we as women go, 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 and we do a lot of different things. We make a lot of decisions during the day and we wear a lot of different hats and we do all the things. And so every time you walk by this jar, oh, I see that money. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for my family's finances real quick. Cause God hears the prayers of moms that are two seconds long hiding in the bathroom. Lynette said that one time and I was like, Oh, that is so good. Cause that's so real. And so He sees your prayers when you're walking in your kitchen, too. And so I've got my family in here. I've got a tree in here because we want land. I've got my pen in here because we homeschool our kids, and I don't want to screw that up. So if you're having trouble kind of reigning in, like I don't even know what to pray for right now, or I'm feeling lost in my prayer life, or if you're like, God, give us direction, or I really need some things, put some things in your jar, and it will daily... Be a, I've got to pray for that. I've got to pray for that. And it'll keep pointing you towards him. And the more you're dwelling in him, the more your children are going to dwell in him. The more your coworkers are going to dwell in him. Because we are not called to live in the standard of this world. We need to create environments and homes and conversations that are better.